Hey, Southridge Church, thanks for joining today. Welcome to Southridge Online. And whether you are in Canada or around this world, we appreciate you and we are glad that you have joined us today. But I would encourage you to do more than just listen today. Visit our website at southridgefellowship.ca. Find out more about us if you're new or join us in community by joining one of our community groups and engage with us in the mission that God has given us to fulfill by either giving financially or serving or just even following Jesus daily. We are so glad that you're a part of us and we encourage you to step into something that God has for you. So find out more at southridgefellowship.ca and enjoy the message. Over this past year, I have been on a fairly significant journey with my family. As you are aware, there have been a number of people in our church family that have been struggling with cancer and with illness, and we took it upon ourselves as a family to pray for some specific people every day. As we went through that journey, we started last year and, and we were praying for a particular family in our church that was uh, whose husband had uh, cancer, and we were praying for healing for that person. And as we were praying, we would do it every day uh, at our time when we were praying for our meal at dinner time, and we would pray specifically for them, and everyone in our family would be praying and take turns in, in praying for that family member. And then on Sundays when we would have our services, and, and at the end when we would go through the questions, we would again pray for those families. And this list began to grow from one person to two people, from two people to three, and eventually we were praying for five people who we knew and who were struggling with cancer and struggling with difficulties. This journey was hard, and as we were praying, we were praying in faith that God would heal them. And as we were praying, we soon realized that in some of the situations, God was not going to answer the way we were praying but ultimately provide healing on the other side of heaven. And so as I share this, uh, this past weekend, uh, I had my most recent person we were praying for pass away into God's presence. Now, uh, over this past year, as we've seen three people that we've been praying for uh, um, go into heaven as uh, they had faith in God, uh, it was hard, and I didn't realize in my own soul what it was doing. And it wasn't until uh, this past Monday when I would meet with my uh, coach, and uh, we would have this online coaches meeting every two weeks. And in this week, he just started by saying, so what do you want to talk about? And I, in a vulnerable moment, uh, started to share about how I was feeling coming out of this realization that uh, a friend of mine had passed away. Now this friend I had journeyed with for about four years uh, with this cancer diagnosis. Uh, I had married him and his wife uh, many years ago and they were good friends of ours and we stayed in touch and as they realized that this cancer was not going away and, and as we were continuing to pray for healing there was a real depth of this journey together and so we would meet with them, we would talk with them, we would pray with them and we would pray for them. And as God deemed uh, his will to be done, uh, Matt passed away this past Sunday. And uh, it was hard. And as I sat there on Monday morning, uh, having my coffee, sitting outside as I was doing my coach's meeting, I soon realized that there was something going on in my soul. And it was not easy and it was hard. Uh, and the challenge for me was, how do I walk in this? 
And so I started to just share some of the words that were on my heart as my coach was just prompting me, how are you feeling? What does that look like? And one of the words that came out, and as soon as I said it, it really resonated with me, and that was disappointment. And my coach pressed a little bit more and said, but where's the disappointment going? Who's it directed towards? And as much as I tried to believe it was the situation that I was disappointed in, it was actually God. I was disappointed in God. And as I shared those words with him, it felt hard. As a pastor, am I allowed to even say that? Am I allowed to even express those things? But that's how I was feeling. I was feeling disappointed in God and the fact that we prayed for years for Matt and as we prayed for others and yet they didn't, uh, they weren't healed, the disappointment grew. Here I am trying to teach my children that prayer makes a difference. And as we were praying and we were praying for their healing, I could only imagine what's going on in their head. You know what, God, or what, Dad, we're praying for these people and they're not getting better. In fact, they're, they're dying. But I also know as a pastor and in my pastor's heart, I know that uh, to be absent here is to be present with the Lord. And that is by far better. And so I wrestle with those things. But in the process of all of that, how do I deal with my disappointment in God? And so I originally was going to speak on a different psalm, but God really prompted me to work through this. And as I started working through it, there was a tremendous amount of healing because it was able to express the words I was feeling. And the writer here in Psalm 42, which is where we're going to look, helped me to express how I was feeling and helped me to understand it and helped me to come out on the other end of that a little bit clearer as to who God is and the work that he's doing in my life. You see, disappointment here, in, as you look in the dictionary, is the feeling of sadness or displeasure caused by defeat of one's hopes or expectations. And so disappointment is the right word for me as I wrestled with that. And I wrestled with God on how to work through my disappointment in Him. And I know I'm not the only one that can verbalize that I'm disappointed in God. I'm disappointed in the fact that we ask for something, we pursue something, and we get a different result. Or it dashes our hopes because we believe something so wholeheartedly, and yet on the other end, it doesn't turn out the way we had hoped for. And so something seems to be wrong. Something seems to be misaligned here. But Psalm 42 helps us to realign it. Psalm 42 has helped me to work through my feelings and bring clarity in my journey and bringing great healing to my soul. So let's look at that. Psalm 42 reads this, as the deer pants for streams of water, so my soul pants for you, my God. My soul thirsts for God, for the living God. Where can I go and meet with God? My tears have been my food day and night, while people say to me all day long, where is your God? These things I remember as I pour out my soul, how I used to go to the house of God under the protection of the mighty one, with shouts of joy and praise among the festive throng. Why, my soul, are you downcast? Why so disturbed within me? Put your hope in God, for I will yet praise him, my Savior and my God. My soul is downcast within me. Therefore, I will remember you from the land of the Jordan, the heights of Hermon, from Mount Mizar. Deep calls to deep in the roar of your waterfalls. All your waves and breakers have swept over me. By day, the Lord directs his love. At night, his song is with me, a prayer to the, to the God of my life. I say to the rock, to God, my rock, 
Why have you forgotten me? Why must I go about mourning, oppressed by the enemy? My bones suffer mortal agony as my foes taunt me, saying to me all day long, where is your God? Why, my soul, are you downcast? Why so disturbed within me? Put your hope in God, for I will yet praise him, my Savior and my God. As I read through that psalm and as I let it sink deep into my soul, it brought comfort to me on so many levels. And I just want to share a few of these things with you that maybe you're listening online and you're, you've experienced disappointment with God. Maybe you're experiencing it. Maybe you haven't actually named it yet, but as I'm talking, you're starting to resonate with what I'm saying and you're starting to realize, yes, that's what I'm feeling. How do we work with disappointment in God? How do we walk through that? Well, I think the first thing here is the psalmist is willing to do is to admit and to express his feelings to God. Like you know, God knows all of our emotions, all of our feelings, all of our thoughts, all of our actions. Uh, and so it's not a surprise to him. But I think sometimes as I wrestle with that Monday morning with my coach, having to express what I was feeling and putting a name to it was so helpful for me. Yes, I was disappointed in God. I was disappointed in him. And you know what? God's okay with that. God's a big God. He can handle my disappointment in him. And he knows that I have a limitation in my understanding of what's going on. And as a result of that, I'm going to be disappointed because I don't see the big picture. I don't understand all that he is doing and all that is going on. And so I need to be okay with that. Verse four here, as we look at it, says, these things I remember as I pour out my soul, how I used to go to the house of the Lord uh, under the protection of the mighty one with shouts of joy and praise among the festive throng. You see, here he admits, he, he's able to express how he's feeling. Uh, and in verse two, he says, my tears have been my food day and night, while people say to me all day long, where is your God? He goes from verses one and two, which is, which is really positive. He's yearning for God, longing as the deer pants for water. My soul pants for you. My soul thirsts for God, the living God. Where can I go to meet with God? And then all of a sudden, verse two, it changes, doesn't it? It says, my tears have been my food day and night. This person's struggling. This person is really struggling to understand what's going on. And there's emotion there, raw emotion. And here it's talking about tears and not just a few tears. It's constant day and night. There's tears, there's emotion. And for me, the disappointment is, is not just going away. It's, it's actually, I'm feeling it deeper and deeper as I think about it and as I contemplate it. And verse nine, as we talk about it here, it says here, I say to God, my rock, why have you forgotten me? Why must I go mourning oppressed by my enemy? You see here, he's admitting the fact that he feels abandoned by God. He feels abandoned by God and he feels frustrated by what's going on. He feels frustrated by the fact that the enemy seems to be winning and they're constantly at him. Do you ever feel that way? Do you ever feel that when you struggle and you're going through the difficulties of life and you're working through maybe even some disappointment and you're frustrated in that, that you feel like God's left you, that God's abandoned you, that just because you've been praying and seeking after something that, and God seemingly didn't show up that God abandoned you? I felt that. I have struggled with that very same feeling and yet my head knows that God is still there, but my heart feels 
really heavy. My heart feels like, God, are you there? Are you, are you getting it? Are you understanding how I'm feeling? Are you working through what's going on? And so maybe you feel abandoned by God today. I'm here to tell you God hasn't left. I know that even in the midst of my disappointment, God hasn't left me. And so I continue to press in. The second thing here that the psalmist does is he engages his own memory. Like in verse four that I just read, he was reminded about times of worship in the corporate worship of God uh, not long ago, but they seemed a little distant. It seems like it's been a while since that happened. These are the things that I remember when I used to go to the house of God. But you know what? Those memories are important because they remind us of better times. They remind us of times when we were embracing God, when we were seeking after him, when we acknowledged the work that he was doing in our life. And here we're also reminded in verse six, as we, uh, it says, my soul is downcast within me. Therefore, I will remember you. He remembers God. He's actively seeking out and remembering the things that God has done and has expressed in, uh, in the days previous to this. Those are important things to be able to engage our memory, to remind ourselves of when God did show up, to remind us of when God did walk with us because God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And he is still there, even though we may not feel it, even though we may not sense it, he is there because God is always present. And the third thing that I thought was very interesting as we walk through this passage is the the idea of self-talk. Here we see this this psalmist actually speaking to himself. (laughs) And in verse 11, it says here at the end, it says, why my soul? So he's talking to his own soul. (laughs) He says, why my soul are you downcast? Why so disturbed within me? Put your hope in God for I will yet praise him my Savior and my God. You see, as he's walked through this time and difficulties, he's recognized the fact that, you know what, questioning his own heart and his own soul, why are you feeling this way? It was one of the things I appreciated so much about my coach when he was just asking me some really important questions that that probed a little bit deeper and a little bit more that really drew out what I was feeling. Because as I was able to verbalize it, I have to tell you, there was a huge weight lifted off of me because I was able to identify the feeling. I was able to feel it deeper and I was able to try to then understand it more. That I could go to God and say, okay, God, I'm I'm feeling disappointed and yet I know that you are a faithful God. I know that you are there. So how do I walk through this in the midst of loss, in the midst of what I was walking through? And sometimes it can feel so overwhelming. As we looked at verse 6, when it talks about um, how his soul is downcast, and then verse 7, how deep calls to deep in the roar of your waterfalls, all the waves and breakers have swept over me. Have you ever been swimming in the ocean and the waves, uh, and you get pulled out, there's that undertow, and then there's waves that come over top of you, and then there's another undertow, and it's like this cycle that doesn't seem to end, and it seems to go on and on. And it feels like you start panicking because you're just continually overwhelmed and you don't know how it's going to stop. And eventually one of the waves spits you out on the beach far enough that you can actually crawl away so the undertow doesn't take you again. I've experienced those times. They're scary. And as the psalmist here communicates this, it, it can feel that way in our own lives. And some of us have felt like that because it's been one thing after another, after another. And maybe COVID has just highlighted that. 
And maybe as you've come out of, of COVID and we're starting to see the light at the end of the tunnel and we're trying to have hope again, but maybe the disappointment is so great, we don't know how to deal with it. We don't know where to go. We don't know how to express what we're feeling. And what we're saying here and what the psalmist is saying is admit how you're feeling. Be able to press into it. Be able to identify what God has been done in the past for you. And then to uh, ask yourself some really important questions, just like my coach asked me a question. You know, so what do you do with that disappointment? And, and the question that was so powerful for me was at the end. And so what do you do? What do you do with that? The fact is, is that I can't change the disappointment. I can't change the fact that these people that I, my family and I have been praying for so diligently for this past year, uh, three of them have passed away. I can't bring them back. But do I still believe some things about God like he's faithful, he's true, and may I, I need to still hold on to the promises that he uh, has given me in his word. So let's look at a few of those promises that I then cling on to as I walk through that. Uh, one is to, is comes out of Isaiah 55, and that's the idea to believe in God's plan. To believe in God's plan, and we read in Isaiah 55, verses 8 and 9, uh, passages quite familiar. One, it says, For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, declares the Lord. As the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. I believe that God has a plan. I need to believe in that plan that it will carry on and that I have a limited understanding of that plan. And so, yes, as much as I wanted Matt and those others to continue to live because their families are left behind and I see the pain that that causes to their spouses and to their children, I still believe that God has a plan. I still believe that that plan needs to continue on. And as disappointed as I might be, I can rest assured that God's plan continues to press through. And that's what I need to continue to seek through. Secondly, I believe we need to grieve over disappointments. You know, I, I think sometimes as, as uh, a pastor, I, I press on and move on too fast. Uh, I had a, a co-worker at my former church. Uh, she was heading up the children's ministry. And her name was Glory. And Glory had an, an an incredible ability to just move on. She didn't let anything put her down. And she, so she didn't get discouraged or uh, disappointed because she just pressed on and moved on. And, and if something disappointed her, she just moved on to the next thing. And, and, I, and I, I wrestled with that with her. And I said, you know, you shouldn't move on so fast. There's things that you need to learn in the midst of the journey. And that's so true for us as well. And in Psalm 34, 18, we read this, the Lord is close to the brokenhearted and saves those who are crushed in spirit. You know, the idea here is that we can go through grief and the grieving process is, a, is something that God designed for us and it's okay to grieve. And I think part of my disappointment was the grief that I was experiencing. That grief comes in and it has to be lived out in our lives and we have to go through all the stages of grief in order to come out the other end uh, a little bit healthier, a little bit clearer in understanding, but to know that the Lord is close to the brokenhearted and he saves those who are crushed in spirit. So maybe you're here, maybe you're listening and you are brokenhearted. 
Maybe you are crushed in spirit, and my encouragement to you is to just remember that God is near and to grieve over what you've lost, grieve over what's going on. And as we come out of COVID, there's a lot that we have lost, and we're going to talk about that in in September. There's going to be a message specifically designed for dealing with the grief that we're going through. But maybe in this moment, as you listen to this, the grief that you're experiencing, you can identify it and you can just walk in it. Just admit it, I'm going through grief, and then to walk through that. Because that's a beautiful thing, because it's something that God has created in us to work through that. And the reality then in Psalm 30, verse 5, it says, Weeping may stay for the night, but rejoicing comes in the morning, is that grief doesn't have to stay. We can walk through that and come out the other end where we're not grieving anymore. And I know it may seem like a long time, and it may seem like this is something that's going to go on forever, but it doesn't. We do eventually need to get out of that grief cycle, and as we've walked through it, we can come out the other end of that, stronger and healthier, knowing that God is there in the midst of that. And then lastly, I think, is the idea of continuing to seek God in prayer. And I know that that is hard in the midst of disappointment, and in the midst of grief, and in the midst of anger, or whatever we're feeling in the midst of all of our lives. But Psalm 55 verse 22 reminds us that we need to cast our cares on the Lord and he will sustain you. As we cast our cares on the Lord, it means that, you know, we we don't always have to understand all that we're going through. It means that we don't always have to have the answer at the end of the day. And as a pastor, I wrestle with that. I'm one that feels like I, I need to know the answer. I need to know it so I can walk through it. But sometimes, and this is the end of my journey with my coach on Monday, was that walking through disappointment, the journey, is just as important as the destination of coming out of that. And by that I mean this, is that you've heard the old saying, it's better to have loved and lost than never to have loved at all. Well, if you're an old person, you would have at least heard that saying. Is that the idea there is that that feeling of love that emotion, that experience, that journey of love was worth walking through even if at the end of the day it's, it's gone, it disappears, and it's lost. The same is true in, in grief and in sorrow and in disappointment, that as we walk through that and as we walk through the life going with hope, there's going to be disappointment. There's going to be grief as we walk through that. But as we do that, the journey of walking through that draws us to God. It draws us to our Lord. It draws us to, the, to Him who is our sustainer, our provider, our caregiver. Our, it provides us to the Holy Spirit. We just sang about that. The Holy Spirit is the one that gives us that ability, that counselor, to walk through these difficult times. And there are voices out there, like in in this psalm where it talks about the challenges of others questioning, where is God in the midst of this? But at least we have the answer to know that God is still there. I may not understand all that is going on. I may not fully accept what's happening at this point, but I will be able to say, as it says in verse 11, why my soul are you downcast? Why so disturbed within me? Put your hope in God, for I will yet praise him, my Savior and my God. The hope that we can have is still there. I continue to put my hope in God, even in the midst of my disappointment. I continue to put my hope in God, even in the midst of grief. So no matter what we're going through, we can have that hope in God. 
but to realize that as we go through this journey, there's things to learn. Things to learn about me, things to learn about God. And not to, not to rush through those things because these are really important lessons that we need to walk through together. And so my encouragement as we come out of this, this Psalm 42 is this. Whatever we're going through, recognize that God has not abandoned us, even though it may feel like it. No matter what we're going through, we can walk in it as long and embrace it as long as we allow God to teach us through it each and every day. For me, the feeling of disappointment is part of the journey with God. He's big enough to handle my, my disappointment in Him. And as I convey that to Him, there's been a comfort that I have had over the last few days that has made me stronger, that has made me more in love with Him, even in the midst of that, which is amazing, isn't it? That in the midst of my disappointment with God, I, my relationship has actually deepened. And that's exactly what this, my hope in Him has been renewed. My hope in Him has been solidified. And I will praise my, I will praise my Savior and my God. And that's what it's really all about, isn't it? So let me pray. And then we're going to come into the Lord's uh, Supper. Uh, and I think it's a perfect transition as we do that. Let me pray first. Father God, I want to thank you that in the midst of all of this, I pray, God, that you would allow us to know of your presence in our life. That, Father God, you have tremendous power in our life. And we acknowledge that sometimes, God, as we pray and as we seek after things, we don't fully understand why they turn out the way they do. But you have a plan. We trust in that plan. We hope in that plan. And we renew our commitment to you, Father God as we acknowledge the fact that you are a great and mighty God who deserves to be worshipped and praised. And that along the way, in the journeys that we have, Father, we recognize that we may have disappointment, we may go through grief, we may go through loss, but in all of those things, God, you are still there. And so we, we trust you with those emotions and with those feelings. And we ask, would you meet us in that very special place? Would you, would you teach us? Would you comfort us? And as you say in your word, blessed are those that mourn, for they will be comforted. And so, God, we need that comfort. And I pray that if there are people here listening that, that don't know you and they need that comfort, God, would you reach out to them and would you help them to know you in a very special and powerful way? And we're grateful, God, for what you're doing, grateful for how you're moving, grateful for the way that you are at work. And we trust you and we put our hope in you and we worship you because you are our God. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So as we come out of this passage, I think it's very fitting that we come into celebrating the Lord's Supper together. So if you have your elements, then we're going to do that right now. And I want to read from Romans chapter 6, uh, verses 8 uh, through to 11. And well, thanks for joining us this morning. And I hope that that message, uh, maybe you're in the midst of dis disappointment or discouragement or grief. I, I really hope that message meant something to you and that God is going to use that to encourage your heart. We just have a few questions that we want to highlight for you. And uh, they go like this. Number one is, when you face disappointment or grief in life, how do you work through that? Number two, do you think it's important to walk through disappointment in God as part of your spiritual journey? And question number three, what do you need from God at this point in your life's journey 
and how are you going to seek him for it? As you work through those questions, uh, I pray that the Holy Spirit would continue to minister to you and to help you work through them. If there's any way that we can help as a church family, please reach out to us. You can do that by phone or you can do that by our website at southridgefellowship.ca. We look forward to seeing you again soon.